Because if you don't fix this, this is when you go and you know, spend the next 20 years of your life doing something, and then one day you realize, like, what the hell was all that for? Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the Email Marketing Podcast or the Autoresponder Guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. A very special guest I have on the show today. You may have heard of him before. We haven't heard from him in a while. He's uh, John McIntyre. And he started this podcast and he's back on the show and he's got some very interesting things to say. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dave. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you, brother. It's always fun when you're on the show. We always have a good time. And uh, something we're going to talk about today, I think, is very important because this affects a lot of people, not just course in the marketing game, but in all aspects of life, all walks of life. And this has been a journey that sort of you have been on for a couple of years. And so I'm just going to let you take it away. You tell us what you've been up to and uh, what you have discovered. Oh yeah, man. Where, where to start? Where to start? Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I emailed you cause I was like, let's do a podcast on, on something that no one's really talking about. Everyone's talking about funnels, copywriting, like especially on this podcast, it's, it's, it's all about emails and copywriting and, and freelancing, how to get clients, things like that. But, um, what I've been on, on my own journey of the last few years is this sort of journey of, um, I don't really want to call it, call it a spiritual journey just because that word's so loaded right now. Like it's, mm-hmm. well, it always has been. No one really knows exactly what that means or it means something different to uh, different people. But that's sort of what it's been like, like going through this process of um, learning to work with my own emotions to the point where instead of using things like, you know, self-help, like positive thinking, like learning how to actually go directly to certain feelings without thinking about them and, and dissolve them. And the benefits of this are, are really big, which we can get into. But my process or my sort of... Um, path on this started back in 2015 when I was in Colombia. I'd just come off an event on uh, Richard Branson's uh, Island invite only sort of business mastermind thing with a, with a bunch of people. And uh, life was really good. I was in Colombia. I was making money. I, I you know, we had like the, this penthouse apartment in like one of the nicest areas of town, like sick view, like really great life. <laughs> right. In a lot of ways on the outside, but, but I, I wouldn't say I was depressed. Like, I, you know, I wasn't on medication or anything like that, but I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. I was you know, I, you know, I was sort of, I was constantly bouncing from project to project, really looking, I think for a sense of, um, you know, my thing at that time was looking for a sense of meaning and purpose. And, uh, you know, I was trying to solve the whole problem logically, like, you know, probably a lot of people who are, you know, who listen to this show or, or, you know, especially guys when they get into marketing and and, and business, we, we want to throw our brain at problems. And, you know, if we do that, then, then we think that that's going to solve it. And that was what I was trying to do. But it wasn't until, and that that sort of, you know, took me in circles and even meditation didn't work. That took me in circles for five or six years. Mm -hmm. And, and what's totally changed things, the, 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 mo- the whole game changer for me was learning to, as weird as this sounds, learning to feel my feelings. Wow. That's, a, that's, that's an interesting sort of statement because that's something, of course, everyone, and maybe this applies more so to males and less to females perhaps, but you're, you're sort of told, of course, to suppress and push down your feelings your whole life. And so I think this is what leads uh, people certainly to these moments where they sort of have an epiphany maybe that uh, that's not the most healthy and <laughs> thing to do you know right right i mean we can talk about how but first like i think it'd be good to like just touch on 
Like, wh- why even bother with this? Like, that's why I like, because you know, basically I've launched a business in this area. I'm, uh, you know, working with entrepreneurs to help them, help them develop this ability to feel their feelings. And uh, one challenge that I've had is like how to communicate it. Like, like why is this important? Because mm. a lot of people are like, well, I don't care. Like, I just want to make more money and, you know, have some more time. Like, they're, they're just the typical stuff. And the reason I think this is so important and the reason I found it to be so, so transformative is through this process of learning how to feel my feelings, we can get into what that means in a second. But, mm-hmm. but through doing that, I feel like it, it is like taking my performance in every single area of my life to like a whole new level. Like it's, it's, and instead of that, instead of getting like the high performance from like working harder or being more stressed or, you know, effort and grit and hustle mm-hmm. and grind and sort of the negative aspect of things, you know, it, it's coming from a sense of flow or a sense of like effortlessness. It's almost like, you know, I'm in this place right now where, where, like just getting these, you know, great results in different areas, not just business, but with, you know, you have a great relationship in the gym uh, with my family, these different things that, you know, that, that we all have that are part of our lives. Like, it's almost like, I'm not, I don't even have to try to get, this sounds weird to even say this, but it's like not even having to try to get good results. It just sort of automatically happens. What you do is once you get out of your own way, it's like doing it, doing it the right way or getting the result that you want is sort of like automatic. Hmm. And so that's my answer when people say, like, why should I care, right? Like, what's in it for you? What, like, what's in it for you to, to figure out how to deal with your emotions properly beyond what you get in most, like, self-help programs that are around today is way better performance with you know, less time, less stress, less effort. So you end up being able to have more money, more time, but also more happiness. So to me, that, you know, otherwise, you know, the alternative is to be one of those guys who, and I met tons of people like this, get into business, they hustle their asses off, they make, they make millions of dollars, but they're miserable. Right. And it's like, who would you rather be? Yeah, that's the, I mean, that's, people have heard that story. I'm, I'm sure uh, if you go back in various podcasts on this very podcast, you, you hear people with that exact story. I remember uh, Justin Goff, who we had on the show, had a very similar story. You know, he's uh, gone on to be very uh, successful, but still felt like he wasn't enough, even though he sold a company for like $20 million and stuff. So this is very important because this people are sort of reticent to talk about this stuff. You know, it's not the most um, popular topic because people are loath to admit uh, perhaps what seems like maybe a weakness, but these things are happening all the time and these are a roadblock to really what most people are seeking. And that's something you have found out personally, John, as you have transcended that sort of process. Take us down that road. Like, how did you sort of stumble onto this stuff? You knew you sort of had a, an impasse perhaps, and, and where did you go? Well, for, for a while, I didn't really go anywhere. I, I, you know, like I said, I was going in circles that, you know, I've been meditating since 2010, I think. And, 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 and there were aspects of different things I'd done, like positive thinking, like, you know, mm-hmm. visualization, these different things do work. Um, but to me, the, the, they, they kind of scratch the surface because what we've really got is we, as we go through lives, we have these experiences. A lot of them happen in early childhood. We have these experiences. Uh, they're very, very hard. They, they can be very traumatic. It, it could be think, like, like, like full-blown traumatic, like you know, child abuse or something. Mm-hmm. It could also be that you, you, know, you call out to mommy or daddy and, and they don't come and you feel like they, they hate you or something like that. Like not, not intellectually that you get that, but you, you might basically get the emotional feeling in that moment of like being unloved and then you end up storing that inside yourself and because you're so young you don't really know how to process it or let or let it go so what happens is that emotional energy gets locked inside your sort of psyche or your, your your whole state of being and this is what drives people later in life this is why people have you know some people have daddy issues some people have mommy issues some people have these we have these patterns that we can't get out of that we respond to love in certain ways we respond to money in certain ways we we have these automatic patterns of behavior and 
this is what happens, right? Like someone goes, mm-hmm. great, I feel insecure and I don't have money because of some kind of you know, early childhood experience that they might not even have, have identified. All they know is that they feel insecure you know, when they don't have money. It's like, great. This isn't even all, you know, this isn't, doesn't even necessarily have to be a conscious process, but they'll just find themselves automatically desiring more money because some yeah. part unconsciously they, they perceive that, you know, lack of money equals, um, you know, unhappiness or, or not being loved or something like that. So they go and make a whole bunch of money in the hope that it's going to make them feel loved. But what they didn't realize is the whole reason they didn't like, it's almost like, um, world's a mirror. And it's like the problem was in the first place that they already felt unloved. And then they tried to fill that with, um, you know, like fill that hole with money when what they needed to do is just let go of the part of them that, that let go of that energy in them that made them feel unloved. That's all they needed to do. But instead they spent 20 years building this big company and making all this money. So what I realized was, um, in 2015, while I was going through my process of, like I said, being kind of like having a great life on the outside, but just not being very happy, uh, not being satisfied, you know, pretty unfulfilled. And the fact that life was really good on the outside, Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time as that, we kind of made it worse because because when you're sort of you know when you're you know broke whatever and, and terrible, you know you, at least you can bl- blame it on the situation. But when you're and you've got this stuff going on and you're still unhappy, it, it kind of I, I think in some ways it can feel worse because you, you don't have any excuses at that point. You're like I did what the world told me to do, but I, you know I'm not there yet. Right. Um, I don't have that feeling. And, you know, for me, like I, I, I could, you know, I was able to sort of fast forward and realize that if this is how I feel right now, going and spending 10 years on this, trying to make this money is not going to fix the problem. I need to figure out like, there's going to be another way. I'm not going to waste the next 10 years, you know, going in circles like this and make, you know, I might make hundred million dollars, but if I still feel how I feel right now as in back in 2015, I'd feel like it was the whole waste of time. So, um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a long story in terms of how it all went down, but a few mm-hmm. different conversations, a few different books took me down this path of, um, yeah, learning, learning the basic technique was like learning how to feel my feelings unconditionally, right. which is what I mentioned before. And what that means, cause it's, it's a little bit hard to define. When most people think about feeling their feelings, they'll think, Oh, I'm feeling a bit angry right now. I'm feeling a bit um, sad or I'm feeling a bit depressed or I'm feeling a bit anxious or a bit white, whatever it is. They, they are feeling happy. And what they're doing is a feeling is a feeling. It's not a word. It's, it's, it's kind of like, like eating a pizza is an experience that you have. Like if, if you had never eaten pizza before and you tried to describe what it was like to eat a pizza to someone who never, or someone tried to describe what it was like to eat a pizza to you and you never had one before, you would have no idea what it was like to eat an actual pizza and bite down into the pepperoni and the cheese and the oil and the crispy crust and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They could describe it to you, but you would never have had that satisfying sense of, mm, you know, biting into that pizza. And so with feelings, that's what I mean by feeling your feelings. Like it's one thing to say, oh, I'm angry. But what happens is, especially in the West, um, and I, I, you know, I, I don't know whether guys are any worse at this than, than, than girls. Mm-hmm. I, you know, maybe they are, maybe girls are intuitively better at it, but then women still tend to do the whole thing of like, we're one step removed from our feelings. So instead of actually feeling our anger as a sensation within the body, mm-hmm. we, we say, oh, I feel angry. And then we start thinking, why do I feel angry? And we end up spending all this time in, our, in the mental realm inside our head rather mm-hmm. than engaging with the feeling the same way we would engage with a pizza, which is to, take, to eat the pizza and taste not to so, think about it right so it's like an, an, we intellectualize it yeah exactly yeah it's kind of like um yeah we intellectualize it and the problem with that the reason that's an issue is because once you intellectualize it you're not really feeling it mm-hmm. and this is the classic thing. i think what happens is you know we have these uncomfortable feelings that, that that pop up and come up during our life let's say i have this thing from something from early childhood right something from a long 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 time ago what happens in life is life happens shit goes wrong it presses or basically reminds us of that feeling it basically reflects it reflects our own 
unintegrated emotional energy back at us. This is why like certain, you know, some people get triggered by certain situations and other people don't same mm-hmm. situation, but it triggers certain people. And that's because that's it, not because there's anything wrong with the situation. Otherwise it would trigger everyone the same way, right? It's not mm-hmm. the situation. that's the problem. It's the emotional energy that they've got inside them that they don't know how to release. And so this is the mistake that people make. They, they, they think that the problem is the situation. And they, so they spend the next five, 10, 20, 30 years trying to fix the situation but they don't realize that the situation is just reflecting back at them what they are. And so right. the solution is not to change the mirror. Like it's sort of like, this is the, be the equivalent of like looking in the mirror and seeing a, you know, fat, you know, just, you know, fat, overweight, whatever, and then trying to rub the mirror out. Mm. That's what most people try and do with their life, right? All the situations that they're faced with that supposedly make them feel insecure and worried and stressed are actually just reflecting back at them the stress, the fear, the worry, the, the sense of being unloved that they have, you know, inside them. So anyway, to bring it back to results, I know that some people are going to be listening to this thinking, like, yeah. that's great, but how do I make more money? Um, the, the thing I've found is, is that if you spend your business career or copywriting career, since, you know, it's a copywriting podcast, if you spend that basically reacting to your own emotional bullshit, for lack of a better way to put it, mm-hmm. You'll never end up, you never end up thinking as big as you could think. You never end up being, um, you know, betting on yourself in the way that you could if you weren't coming at it from that point of view. And like I said, like I found in my own life with, with, with my relationships with the gym, with business, like it, my results have improved because I'm not coming at it from an emotional perspective anywhere near as much as I used to. Right. And so there are, there are real tangible performance benefits to learning how to do this. Mm, that sounds great. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Is like uh, giving people, you know, it sounds like you've had this sort of awakening where you realized that you were doing this and that it was uh, an obstacle for you. And then you decided to find out how to remove it. So what are some like simple steps people can take to sort of start going down this path? I mean, you've been on this path now. This is 2018. So this is three years later. What were some of the first simple steps you took to try to get out of this or over this obstacle? First, I mean, the first thing, the main, dude, the main technique is really, it's really simple, but it's not easy. And, right. and that was like, like I was saying, to feel your feelings. Right. Because the reason, let's say someone has like some emotional energy from their childhood that, that they have stored away and they're not, they don't know how to release the way you release it is not by going and trying to fix the mirror. The way you release it is by feeling it. Right. It's a bit like, um, you know, we can, you know, there's a few different metaphors I've, you know, I've been playing with. You've got emotional cancer be one way to think about it. You know, that sort of, to me, that gets at the gravity of the situation. Cause if you don't fix this, this is when you go and, you know, spend the next 20 years of your life doing something. And then one day you realize like, what the hell was all that for? Um, so to me, it, it's a very, very serious problem. Mm-hmm. And what, um, what, what we need to do, what people need to do to fix it, and, and avoid wasting the next 20 years is performing what you could call emotional surgery on the, on the emotional cancer. And the way okay. you do that is not by running away from the feeling, not by like, you know, what most people do, an example of this would be like, you know, a couple in a relationship, they have a topic, maybe that's just a hot button topic for one of them. And so at a certain, every time it comes up, they always argue. And so eventually one of them's just like, look, let's just, let's just not talk about this. It's too painful. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone died. Maybe it was some experience I had back in the day. And so what's happened is, is, that conversation is triggering one of them or both of them. And the way to, to, the way to resolve that situation is for them to both engage, to basically perform emotional surgery on that hot button, on that trigger. But what they do instead is that they, they're like, oh, let's just not talk about it. Let's just try and build a life where that trigger never gets touched. And so what happens is the emotional cancer gets locked in there. Like it doesn't go anywhere. It just gets buried and it doesn't get buried forever. What happens is, you know, it's only buried until the mother-in-law comes around and then says something that sets the whole thing off again. Mm-hmm. And so in business, this would work out that like, if you have a thing that, um, where you're really afraid of being poor. And then, so what you do is you go and make a whole bunch of money 
So you don't, um, so like, so you don't feel poor or you don't feel whatever you feel, you know, like, you know, get stuck in that place. Mm-hmm. You haven't actually dealt with the problem. You just built this nice little house over the top. So it never gets touched. Right. The cancer is still in there. And that's, right. and that's what will in the long term will kill the results and your performance that, you know, ruins relationships. It ruins businesses. It'll ruin, ruins lives. Um, or you can, you can go and engage with that on this, uh, you know, by feeling it unconditionally, which is the, what that does is it's almost like you're allowing the emotional steam to come out, not by expressing it in a violent way or anything like that, but, but by feeling it, it's almost like that, that's all it wants to do. This is what I found in my experience is, is this emotional energy. All it wants to do is be felt hmm. and not felt in a thinking way, like, oh, I'm feeling angry, but to feel it, like to taste it like it's a pizza, mm-hmm. to really just engage with it and feel it as, as a sensation within the body and to do that every single time. And if you, as you do that, the trigger will gradually dissolve. And then one day you'll realize that it's not there anymore. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. You know, I think I talked said this to you uh, before, but I saw a movie or a documentary here recently about work they'd done with prisoners where they brought in people from the outside, like, uh, you know, civilians, and they did group therapy. And this was basically the technique that you're describing, I think, because they had, you know, these prisoners, of course, are even harder core uh, in this regard of suppressing uh, their feelings and certainly not showing any emotion while they're in prison. And this was like a safe environment. And you saw these hardened criminals who are like some of the scariest, you know, people looking uh, you've ever seen. And then just, that's what they were getting them to do, just feel those feelings and man, they were just like so emotive and stuff, you know, they're just breaking down and finally allowed to, you know, in some cases it was grieving in some cases it was just this lack of love uh, from their past, like you're talking about. So I, you know, this is like such a widespread issue. I feel because I certainly know I've encountered it not only myself, but in other people. And so what sort of resources did you encounter? I know you've started a whole company around this now, John. And you're trying to get out, get this out to people and help them. Uh, what were sort of the first resources you sort of tapped into that sort of set you on this path? Uh, the book that did it all for me, man, was uh, the Presence Process. Yeah, that was what started it all, started it all. It's a ten week, so you know, sort of like meditation, but a bit different. Okay. Uh, and you, it, it teaches you this basic this basic skill of um, how to feel your feelings and, and it's not really geared towards business. And the language is a bit. This is why I wanted to get into this game because into the space. Mm-hmm. Cause it's so much fluffy. We like stuff that, right. you know, I can, you know, like that book, for example, like I, I, I really appreciate how it's written, but I can, I can, you know, I've already tried to give it to a lot of people who just never end up reading it. Cause it's, it's not that it's fluffy. It's just that the guy uses a lot of words that if you're not, I don't know if your personality is not wide in a certain way, I think you just, it either goes straight over your head or you just don't like it. Like it pushes all the wrong buttons. That would be a book worth checking out. But, but yeah, like I said, it works, you know, work, I think it works great if you do it. It's just that a lot of people have given it to give up on it, which is a bit sad. <laughs> Right. Uh, another book is uh, The Untethered Soul, okay. which is sort of in the same vein, but it's not really, there's no 10 week process or anything like that. It's more just a bunch of different concepts. And each chapter is, you know, it just has some cool ideas in there. So, That's and awesome. really, man, I mean, the, 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 like you can do this anytime. Like this whole, like what we talked about here, like feeling your feelings, like it starts like right now, like whatever right. someone's feeling, whatever someone is feeling in their life, whatever the situation is, that this journey, this path, is about instead of trying to to run away from that or to avoid that, it's to it's almost like to to just to face it um, right. and to feel whatever. You, like if you're in a really stress, you know, if they're listening to this and they're super stressed out or something's hard, you know, hard's happening in the family or they're running out of money in some way, whatever it is, just feel it. Like feel how that situation is coming in and pressing your buttons, 
and don't do anything about it. Not, not straight away or anything like that. Just start to pay attention to how so far up until now, life has been coming in to you know your psyche and your consciousness and it has been pressing all these buttons and you've been spending however many years or decades trying to avoid it doing that and so and this is why you mentioned before like you know there's this culture especially around guys i think of like you know don't be emotional don't feel your emotions dude like you want you want to like test like you know you want to see if you have balls like see if you can go and like feel what you're feeling like see if you can allow life to come in and press all of your hot buttons, all your triggers, all your pain points, all that shit that you didn't deal with when you were five years old, whatever, and see if you can feel that without flinching. See how long you last before you go, you know, give up or you go and look for alcohol or you go and look for food or you go and look for money, or you go and look for sex, or you, go, you know, you go and look for something to distract yourself. And like that to me is like, if like that's, that takes real courage and, um, so that's my challenge to people is, is like, yeah, you, you think you're tough? Like get, go down this path and see how far you get. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's probably what, I mean, I don't know enough about this process and sort of how we end up this way, but it strikes me just intuitively that, you know, the way the culture is set up certainly, you know, uh, seems like where you're from and uh, in North America where I'm from, uh, there is this like culture of suppression and you're sort of told not to be, you know, certainly as a guy, uh, I have a lot of friends that I can immediately jump to mind, uh, you know, <laughs> who, who are told, you know, been told to suppress their feelings or it's not manly or whatever uh, to feel your feelings. I saw a thing not so long ago too, where they had like high school boys that they talked to uh, and they were talked to a, a sort of anonymously, you know, like they were brought into a sequestered and talked about what they were feeling and their fathers were watching across, you know, the two way mirror and they had this, dialogue with this uh, researcher and or psychologist and the, they're allowed to be you know to emote and say what they really thought and their fathers were shocked you know how emotional uh, these young boys were and stuff when they finally were able to like had a safe place to let that out so it's uh it's a fascinating subject and i think it is like extremely widespread and i think it doesn't really you know we're talking about this in a business and marketing uh, podcast but i mean i think it equally affects uh, people on all strata you know, and, and as an obstacle for virtually, you know, I don't know if everybody, because there's people obviously who have moved uh, past this, but uh, certainly a lot wide, more widespread than you'd probably uh, think. Well, I think the whole world, like it's not, yeah, like my, I think what I, you know, who I personally want to work with is entrepreneurs, right. but dude, everyone's doing this. Like, like everyone's engaged in this you know, this emotional suppression behavior. We don't, I mean, I didn't call it that. I wasn't really taught to suppress my emotions, but I didn't grow up in a culture where like, like no one taught me to like this whole feel your feelings thing. Like you don't go through right. school and learn like what emotions are, like or what, what this energy is and how it, how, you know, how it, like, like you don't get any sort of psychological lessons like in high school. Right. Whereas I think some of these techniques, like why, like why don't they teach something like say mindfulness or meditation or these different things in high school? Because like we are all emotional. These are a huge part of our lives. Yet, like, because I, you know, what I've wondered, I don't have kids right now, but I've already started to think like, what would happen if like, if I taught like, if I, you know, if I had a boy or a girl or, or a bunch, whatever. And like, I taught them this stuff as soon as they were, you know, old enough, like to, to just think, you know, three or four or five years old, you start teaching them simple things like how to breathe, how to, how to slow down and control their like arousal rate. Arousal mean like the, the heart rate, not their arousal, arousal. Um, <laughs> that'd be weird. Uh, but yeah, like you, you imagine learning this stuff at like three, four or five. Like if you could teach someone that, like a kid that, I wonder how different they would grow up because they would be far less reactive than most people are. The other, the other side point to this where I just thought of is like, 
you know, a lot of people in like who listen to this, who are into self-help and personal development, like, you know, you hear about, you know, positive thinking and gratitude and, um, you know, visualization, these different techniques and tools. And what, what you really, you know, what we're trying to do with these techniques is change like the mental programming in the brain, how it works, how it thinks, how it does all these different things. And where you're coming at it from like a mental perspective, right? Like you're, the problem is like, maybe you're, maybe you're a little bit negative or maybe you, you know, don't, you know, you, you, you think about like sales calls, for example, or a business you're going to start, you're constantly thinking about how it's going to fail. And so going and doing positive thinking and visualization is one way to, you know, reprogram your mind for success. So that's, that's how they talk about it. Right. Which I think I mentioned before, like it does work, mm-hmm. but the issue is that th- that's a mental tool and you're trying to engage with the thought, but you might think, well, where did the negative thought come from? Like if someone had the negative thought of like, you know, I'm never going to be successful in this business or it's, you know, it's going to break, um, it's going to fail. I'm going to go bankrupt, all these different things. The idea is that all these different techniques are coming at that, the problem from a mental level. We've got these negative thoughts. And so we're trying to replace them with positive thoughts. And what happens is it kind of works, I think, but it doesn't really work that well. And the reason for that is we don't, no one really talks about where, where are those thoughts coming from? Like, why, why do we have a, like a mode of being negative in the first place? Like, why do we expect to fail? Why do some people expect to fail and some people don't naturally? Right. And so it's kind of like, instead of trying to replace negative thoughts with positive ones, why not remove the thing that's driving the negative thoughts? If you can take that out, you might remove 90% of all that negative stuff anyway, or 100% of it. And then, then, then you can, your positive thinking is going to be a hundred times more effective right? because it's, you know, you're not trying to crowd out negative thoughts with positive thoughts. You've just got kind of emptiness and peace inside. And now when you slot in positivity and gratitude, it just, it, it sticks a hundred times more. And, um, and you know, I like, like, I'm not just saying that intellectually, that's what I've been finding in my life is like, I got into, you know, I started the business and the copywriting and all that six, seven, eight years ago. And, you know, I've been into personal development and all of that. And I don't know, you know, it worked to, you know, varying degrees, but then I went down this emotional path of learning how to feel through these feelings and let them go. And now I'm coming back to all the, you know, visualization and positive thinking. And the amazing thing is it, it's so much more effective now. Right. Cause it's like, once I can, once you know how to clear out the emotional stuff underneath, that's driving the negativity, that's driving the, the, you know, the thoughts of like, what if this doesn't work or these sorts of things, it becomes so much easier to stay attuned to your vision. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's like you've, re- it's like you remove this, you know, uh, whatever it is, you've removed this mass out of you to, to the freeze you now to be able to accept, you know, this, uh, those techniques, which change your mind and your state through the intellectual process. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's very interesting. So this is kind of like you reporting back the course now, cause you're going through this process. I've gone through the process and you're sort of reporting back and trying to get this information out there. And as a result, you started this company, you know, so what's, what sort of help are you providing people through your new endeavor? Yeah. So it's, uh, so it's called that, which is aware. And the idea is that, um, you know, beneath the thoughts, beneath all these different things inside you had these conscious things, there is a, uh, let's not call it a spirit, but uh, it's some kind of awareness, some kind of thing, this, this deeper knowing your higher self, whatever you want to call it, okay. that's bigger and larger. And because, you know, we've all had those moments of going into a flow state where your mind stops and you're still there. Right. And so it's like, who is, you know, what is that thing or who is that thing that's still there? And so, you know, to me, that is, that is the power. That is what, you know, what I'm trying to tap into, what I want to help other people to tap into. So the company's called That Which Is Aware, the website, thatwhichisaware.com. Okay. And right now it's, I mean, it's early stages. You can sign up. There's a uh, free uh, webinar training there on how to 10x your peace of mind, productivity, and profit, which um, basically just covers some of what we've talked about here today, just in more detail, how to do it. And then uh, if that's interesting or compelling, at the end, they can, uh, there's a link to book a phone call and doing, yeah, basically like a free phone call with people where I help them figure out where they're stuck emotionally and um, 
you know, give them some tools and some techniques and strategies for uh, getting through it. So do you, do you recommend that people go through the, like they get a hold of this, it was called the presence process, if I remember. Yeah, I would say it depends. Like if, if go check out the presence process, like I said, the language will, 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 won't appeal to everyone. Mm-hmm. The Untethered Soul is another good one. Again, it's one of those books that, you know, some people love it. A lot of people hate it. Um, <laughs> if people are looking for a more, maybe a more contemporary version or something that's less fluffy, that's what I'm trying to do is trying to take these concepts that have previously been sort of very hard to understand, very hard to teach. And I want to simplify that. I'm a copywriter, right? So I want to like take this shit that I think is so valuable and so transformative but usually communicated very, very poorly and put it into a way, you know, you know, approach it like a copywriter thinking, how do I put this in the most simple, straightforward, easy to understand way? So if people want that, then uh, the best thing they could do is, is would be to go to the site that which is aware.com and sign up for the webinar. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's been great having you on the show, man. This is a very powerful topic that I think, you know, if people are going to listen to this, it's going to immediately resonate with, you know, the vast, if not all the people listening to this. And I really want to thank you for bringing this stuff to people's attention because I think it is such a powerful message. No worries, man. It's been good to, good to talk about. I mean, it's the, the hard thing for me, the, hard, the challenging thing so far has been that it's, it's difficult. Like, I think this stuff is so incredibly valuable, not just for, a, you know, let's still be happy and, and you know, li- you know, be, you know just be happy, live happier lives. Because I think this is what, you know, the world needs more people who are like this. Uh, because it does increase performance and it does like it, it does take your like groups and cultures and things like that all to the next level. So I, you know, I think, you know, I really do believe that it's what the world needs. And so the challenge now is like, yeah, get, getting as many people on board as possible as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you listen to this and you want to, you think this is uh, something you want to delve into, it's that which is aware.com. John, it's been a pleasure having you come back to the show and deliver this uh, message, this journey that you've been on. And I think it's just fantastic. And I'm definitely going to pick up that book and uh, and watch the webinar and so far myself. Awesome, dude. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. And uh, for everybody else, we'll be back again, hopefully with something uh, as exciting and as uh, purposeful as uh, what John's just delivered here today. Always a pleasure to have John jump back on the show and we'll talk later. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.